Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app right now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Hello, everybody. You know what? I still don't have a catchphrase. I never probably am going to have a catchphrase that grabs people to start the show. And it is what it is. I'll tell you one thing I do hate, and that's doing ad reads. And I'm getting made fun of on Twitter a lot for uh, the win bet ad read that comes out at the top. I'm telling you right now, guys, girls, I am no control over that. But anyway, hope you're all doing well. Welcome to Talking Buffalo Podcast. I'm Patrick Moran. By the way, casual Friday, of course. That means I'm joined, as always, by my buddy, noted hockey, Joe Yernan. What's going on, buddy? How you doing? I, I'm doing good. I think you found a good way to make sure you never get an ad read ever again by just absolutely <laughs> trashing. Oh, they <laughs> They're not listening anyway. WinBet is an, don't get me wrong, it's an awesome thing, an awesome site. If you're a gambler, I just hate the sound of my own voice. I hate the sound of my voice. That, and it's, probably, it's the same thing over and over. And it's the way it sounds. Arizona, Colorado, the way it starts. It's the first thing you hear for the last, what, month now? Every time you yeah. you turn on this podcast, man. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Great Sorry, it just cracks show. me up. You're just like, man, I hate doing these ad reads. Like, I do. Yeah, everyone out there. That's, that's give me, me your radio ads. flashbacks where I'm just like, oh, my God, we're, I'm going to get screamed at so bad. Yeah, but when you're on radio, you just read them and, and uh, you, you, take you know, pitch about them like I do. That's the fun part about having your own podcast. You do whatever the hell you want. If I lose the business, I lose the business. Anyway, by the way, so this drops on Friday, but we are actually taping it on Thursday. So I wanted to make sure that I took a quick minute here and, you know, wished everyone out there a happy Veterans Day. Everyone out there who's served, who has served. It's always been one of my favorite uh, holidays. You know, I, I put a... A post up on Facebook and, and everybody does, you know, or Twitter or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. thanking everyone, you know, for the service. I meant it. It's even going back to being a kid, Joe. I'm telling you now, I, I was afraid to join the military. And there's so many great professions in this world. You can become a teacher, you can become a scientist, all this stuff that you can learn with hard work and, and skill and, and dedication. You cannot be in the military if you ain't got guts. And you can't mm. teach guts, man. You either, you have it or you don't have it. And that's not to say people who, who haven't joined the military, you know, it's because they're, they're gutless. That's not what I'm saying whatsoever. What I am right. saying is that to join the military, you do have to have some balls if you're a man mm. and guts, whatever. If you're, if you're a woman, I just never had it. And even going back to being a kid, I knew I didn't have it. So for that many reasons, but for that reason alone, I, I've always been really grateful to the military. So. It's always been one of my favorite holidays, low key one. I uh yeah I, I I've had I've got friends that have have served you know I've got uh I got a couple of friends that were in Iraq uh after after two thousand one I you know I've got uh family that were all in the military like uh you know my my one uncle was in the Air Force my my grandfather was in the was in the Navy 
Uh, my great uncle was in the army. Like he, he fought in world war two in Europe. And like he was in, he was in like Northern Africa and Italy and he might've served under Patton, like, <laughs> which is crazy to think, but right. like, I mean, he's, his pictures hanging up in the, uh, in the, uh, like the veterans hall in uh, in North Troy, New York. And I, he never like, it was like the classic, like, you know, grandpa aged military guy where he never talked about serving, never talked about being in it, never talked anything about it. And then, so like after he passed and like they had a little get together at the veterans club and I see his picture there and I go, wait, is that, is that uncle Don? Like, yeah. I go, he's got a chest full of medals. Like what, the, what did he do? And they were just like, Oh, you never knew. And it's like, no, we never said anything. But, uh, but yeah, I, when it comes to military, man, I, I like, listen, I grew up a fat kid. There was no way I was going to like, there's no way I was going to end up in the military. Like that was never an option. I was like, I got to run. I can't run. <laughs> you got to give me a gun. I, I can't handle a gun. Get out of yeah, here, man. It, it takes, it takes a lot of uh, discipline. And again, it's just, Knowing when, whether, I don't know, you're 18 years old, 21, 25, whatever age it is, when you sign up, whether whatever branch of service it is, you know what you're getting into to an extent. And you also know that at any given time, you don't know what your future is going to hold. Mm-hmm. You may end up in another country fighting for your country. You might end up in this country defending your country. It's just, mm-hmm. uh, it's just such a courageous thing, man. And, uh, I, I'm just, I'm really grateful. So anyway, even though it's not Thursday anymore and people are listening to this on Friday, it was important to me to just uh, take a minute. Do you know the uh, the term DABDA? Do, do you know what that means? DABDA? Yeah, it's a psychological term. It's uh, it's like the five stages of grief. Now, oh, typically okay. that's reserved, you know, like somebody loses a loved one or mm-hmm. a job or something. It's called DABDA. And for everyone out there who doesn't know what DABDA stands for, it, again, it's five stages. It's denial. And these are supposed to be in order. Denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and then ultimately acceptance. Mm-hmm. So five stages, dabda. Everyone, not everyone, most people who watched that Bills game last week, I think they're at that ace, the final ace stage. I think they're at acceptance now and just ready to move on. We're taping this Thursday, man. It's been five days, dude. I should be in that acceptance stage, but I'm not. I'm still kind of in the depressed portion. I'm still really annoyed and, and and depressed about how bad this football team looked last week. And I think I'm Joe, I'm concerned. Well, I'm concerned about the loss, but I'm not so much concerned about the loss in, in the big picture. Cause you know this, I mean, you cover hockey, you've been around sports your whole life. Good teams play, come out, shit the bed, come out flat and lose to horrific teams. That should never happen. I mean, like, look at the Sabres the last couple of years. No NHL team should have ever taken the ice and lost to the Buffalo Sabres. And they did, sometimes <laughs> in very ugly fashion. That yeah. shit happens. I'm over that. I was over that by Monday afternoon. What I'm not over and what I'm still concerned about is this offensive line. This offensive mm-hmm. line is not good. Uh, for Brandon Bean, for all the great moves he's made as general manager, and I love Brandon Bean. It's not a Brandon Bean, you know, bashing segment here, but... The offensive line is not good. The guards are terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're one of the worst. I looked it up on Pro Football Focus PFF, and I don't go by them for a lot of shit, but fifth lowest offensive guard rating in the league. And it sounds about right, man. They made some mistakes. They let some quality guards go. We've seen it. Wyatt Teller traded to Cleveland. Guy just got a monster contract. They traded him, got a fifth-round pick. Uh, Quinn in Spain, they gave an extension to 
Then all of a sudden he got benched, and a couple weeks later he got cut. He's been awesome with Cincinnati. Those are two great cards, and you look around like, oh, mm-hmm. they could have had them both, but whatever. They're gone. That's fine, but I'm just I'm concerned about this offensive line because that's physical shit, man. There's not really technique and scheming. You either block somebody or you don't. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. is this something for you? Going forward, I mean, I know I almost said as a Bills fan, you're not really a Bills fan. <laughs> we won't talk watcher. about. We won't. Not, you're a Bills. You're a Bills watcher and observer who lives in the area. Let's, which I like that though, because I and feel like you're going to have like, you, just, yeah, you're a football, I'm not a football fan. dummy, you know, right? And you're going to have a more objective opinion than somebody who I think who is an admitted Bills fan and podcaster who's going to always defend them. And I, uh, that's one of the reasons why I like having you on the show. But anyway, you look at this offensive line. Do you feel like, hey? Just a bad game, a couple bad games, or is are they in trouble because of this offensive line? Uh, this isn't just one or two bad games. This is like four or five bad games for the O line. Yeah. Like there, I, I think there's like two games where the O line really stepped up. And one was one was the Kansas City game, which, as we've seen from Kansas City's defense, mm, might not be that big of an accomplishment to step up on them. So uh, I would be really concerned because I think what we saw against Jacksonville was you saw rookie year, Josh Allen come, come roaring back. And that's because he was running for his life. And I, I also believe he was told not to take off running either because the backup was what Davis Webb, because both Trubisky and and Fromm were on the COVID list. Yeah. So you got, so you get your backup as the number four quarterback. Like, you don't want to risk running around in the way the Jags were hitting guys like, and they weren't hitting dirty. They were hitting hard. He had a choice. Like, <laughs> he was right. Like, for a couple of times, he just had to take off. Like yeah, I, I he get didn't. it, but there, you're right. There were no design runs. Like you know, we've been watching a lot of Josh Allen led the Bills with rushing. He had 50 yards, but they weren't like quarterback design sneaks. So you're 100 mm-hmm. right. Like he was literally running for his life. The some of the best, in fact, a few, the only conversions they made on third down seemed to be Josh Allen with his legs. Yeah, yeah, man, it's a it's a problem, and I, dude. And I'll say that like I knock Dable for this because I think it's. I think it's kind of cheesy, but like every time the offense starts to sputter, he calls a few of those design runs for Allen just to loosen up the other team's defense, to like to kind of put it in their brain, like yeah, no, no, this guy can run, and he didn't do that this time. That's why that's that's why it's in my mind. Like they were just like we're not forcing him to run at all because we don't want to risk it. Like I mean, which it's kind of always been my point on Allen. Like why are you risking him? Like don't don't do don't do dumb crap like this. Like just leave it. Let him let him throw the ball. Like he's got the arm. Let him throw the ball. But like. If he ain't got time and he's got guys bearing down on him every play, I mean, I'll give credit to Jacksonville's Josh Allen. He had the game of his friggin' life. Yeah, that, dude, that dude was everywhere. He was incredible. And defensive you know, player of the week. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems like, I don't know. I remember covering a game uh, when Jacksonville was in Buffalo and Telvin Smith had like the game of his life and went off on Buffalo. And I was just like, you know, Telvin Smith. I'm like, oh, he's yeah. actually good. And then he also like lit up, the, I mean, granted, Bill's then not good. So it's understandable. But but the troubles that he had though was that was a lot of like, you know, the the bad passes, the bad, you know, bad decisions, bad reads, all that stuff. Like uh very hesitant. And like uh, you know, and he his bailout in the first half, it seemed like it was it was dumping it off to uh to Beasley, which it makes sense in a you know, makes sense to do because somebody's gonna be open. They, you know, they played zone on him all day, somebody's gonna get open. Yeah. But he had like what eight catches for 33 yards? Like, yeah. 
He was like okay. a running back. It, it, right. was like, like, it was like running the ball on first down, basically. And people were, three, people, four were, yards. people were bitching and complaining about how, like, oh, Bill's got to run more. It's like, no, they have, they literally have, like, the worst run game in the NFL. Like, you don't don't run more. You have to, like, pick your moments. You have to choose when to do it. And if you got to throw short passes to do it, well, that's the West Coast offense, man. Like, that's, that's how you got to do it. And, like, that's how they tried to. But then, you know, Beasley drops a couple balls. Gabe Davis drops a couple balls. They, they they didn't throw to Diggs once. Like, they threw him to him twice in the first half for, like, 20 yards. Like, okay. And then they finally found him in the fourth quarter. And then Jackson was like, all right, he's here. Cool. Let's make sure we don't let him run free again. So, you know, when, when <laughs> yeah. you get outsmarted by by a one and nine, you know, one and whatever team they are, that's not cool, man. Like that's, I, I, That would make me worry a lot. But you know what? You know, I don't know if this is like part of the acceptance thing, but like everybody in the AFC is greatly flawed. But the thing about Buffalo that worries me, what of their wins is actually impressive? Like yeah. which victory do they have where you're just like, yeah, that sets the tone. Like Kansas City was that game, but now it's not because Kansas like Kansas City beats Green Bay without Rodgers. But like that was one of the worst games I've ever watched in my life. Well. Second worst that week because it was second second only to Buffalo Jacksonville, which was the worst game I watched all week. But like, right? But I mean, like, what like what win of the Buffalo of Buffaloes are you saying? Like, yeah, no that that proves to me that they 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 got it. Like, none of them stand out. Like Pittsburgh's it like Pittsburgh we thought was a horrible loss. Now it's like maybe it's not that bad of a loss, but it's still bad. You know, Tennessee it's are bad. just kind of like Tennessee's annoying. Like that's an annoying loss, but like Tennessee's now the best team in the AFC. So like, I don't know, maybe that's okay. I think it was a Jacksonville. It's like, all right, time to worry. Like time, time to get something figured out here because you, either you got to not necessarily change up a scheme, but like just change up how you attack the game. They, um, I have, I've spent way too much time. And I think a lot of bills, media people, podcasters, etc. This is one of those games to me where I, I just, I refuse to overanalyze it. Yes, the running game is really bad. Yes, um, wide receivers seem like they're not getting open as much. There's lots of things to discuss, and they're worthy topics. But to me, it starts and it ends with the offensive line. Mm -hmm. I, I, I keep going back to it. If you block Josh, if you give Josh Allen time, he's going to destroy a defense. I don't care what defense it is. Name a defense in the NFL. You give the guy adequate time, he's going to make plays. Okay? Mm -hmm. I, I'm very confident in that. However... What I saw on Sunday wasn't really an abomination, man. It wasn't It wasn't an exception. It's been the norm this year, and that's blocking issues. And what, what concerns me is the Bills consciously this offseason chose continuity with the offensive line. They said Cody Ford was hurt last year. He'll be back. And uh, they liked what they had from Daryl Williams at right tackle. They gave Dawkins a lot of money at left tackle. They brought Mitch Morse back at center, who, by the way, has been the one good player consistent player on the line this entire season so far, they chose to not do anything. They didn't take a guard in the draft. They went uh, defensive end, then they came back with another defensive end. Instead of maybe they could have took a guard, an interior guy in the second in the second round. They didn't. They took tackle with their next two picks, which is and then at the trade deadline. My, my, the most annoying thing we use DABDA. I'm still all the way back at the anger stage that this game <laughs> happened a week too late. If this mm -hmm. game happened a week before, Brandon Bean's got to look at the film. He's got to be like, yo, we got to go out and we got to get a guy before Tuesday's tread deadline. They mm -hmm. didn't do that. So they're stuck with what they have now. There's not answers there. They got to find uh, a, a combination or something that works eternally. And the craziest part of this, Joe, to me, is 
Spencer Brown was a third-round pick, a project guy who was expected to eventually ultimately become the Bills' starting right tackle down the road. He, <laughs> he's not only a starter now, he's a critical part of this line because he's been gone for two weeks with the back that he hurt training during the bye week, and he hasn't played the last two weeks. That's made Daryl Williams, who was playing decent right guard, slide back out to right tackle, who, by the way, last year, Daryl Williams was a good right tackle. This year, he's been freaking trash. He's been horrible at right tackle. Deion Dawkins, for whatever reason, I know COVID was a factor early, but I feel like, I, I don't feel like that's a factor anymore because he's had some good games. He's been horrible. Cody Ford is Cody Ford. He shouldn't be playing. He shouldn't mm. even be on the roster, but he is. And uh, Ike Bakker, you know, that's just is not good enough. And uh, it took two injuries. John Feliciano, who I don't think is very good to begin with. Mm. However, I do think he's better than Ford or, or Bakker and sort of the Bills. And Spencer Brown, uh, it's a critical piece, man. These guys go down. Where's the solution is what I'm getting at here. I don't see it. The part that the, of everything you said that would worry me the most is that Spencer Brown is a critical piece he, he is he absolutely is though a guy that is a you know third round pick project guy is your critical piece yeah that's a that is a damning statement on the entire line it is like that that's I, like, I don't know how you can look i mean like yeah okay he's played great and you know when he's been in there but like you needed that guy to play great to to kind of put your line back together like jesus like i don't know how you look at that and then say like no, the line's fine. The line's fine. Outside. Like you can't look at that and go, no, the line's not fine. And you know, I, it, the, the easy thing to point out is to say, like, well, they can't run. Well, who cares? Running's not the thing in the NFL. It doesn't get. It doesn't matter. Um, but like if you're, but if you're, if your quarterback doesn't ain't got the time, and it's not allowing the receivers to get free, and you got to turn all your routes into like comeback routes or like stop shorts, just so that, you know, so everything becomes like a, a hot route for for Allen that's no good. That is, that is, that is the kind of stuff that you have go on. If you're a team that makes the playoffs and loses in the, in the first, in their first game. Don't count. New, yo, by the way, no, I am counting out new England. They're not good. Don't count them out. You're I, making a I know you're scarred from, from multiple years of the Patriots being good. Nah, they stink. Nah, nah, they're nah, not nah, good. Nah, nah. I'll tell you, unless, happy. unless Mac Jones puts everybody in the uh, Kurt angle ankle lock every game. <laughs> where you know he's just ripping guys' feet off, then uh, okay, may- maybe they'll win that way. But I, I think no. they're playing pretty well. I think they got a good defense. I think they can run the football. They're only look like it or not. You might ultimately be right. We'll find out soon enough because the Bills play them twice, so mm-hmm. we'll find out. But and New England has a tough schedule down the road. But right. right now, as we talk and as we put this out on Friday, the New England Patriots are a half game behind the Bills, mm-hmm. and they play the Buffalo Bills not once but twice. So. Whether we like it or whether we don't like it, all the talk has been about the Buffalo Bills winning top seed in the AFC East. Or not the AFC East, the entire conference. And that's still on the table, by the way. I mean, as of right now, well, technically they're two games behind Tennessee because they're one behind plus they lost to them. Mm -hmm. Um, Tennessee and Baltimore right now, and this changes weekly because AFCs, there's a lot of parity. But right now, as we tape this today, Baltimore and Tennessee to me are the class of the AFC. Now, that could change quickly. Mm-hmm. Probably will with Tennessee, with Derrick Henry. I'm not sure how sustainable they'll be. Plus, I thought they were overrated to begin with. You and I talked about that during our season mm-hmm. preview. But right now, give them their due. They're, they're at the top. So the, Bill, the Bills are still in play for getting top record in the AFC. The Bills are very capable of going on winning out. Mm-hmm. All right? So they could finish 
14 and three or, or 13 and four. And maybe that's good enough to get it done. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I will tell you this as of right now, don't count the Patriots out. They're five and four. They're, 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 <sighs> they're there. They're there. They, they deserve to be in the discussion. Right now, before the Bills worry about getting top seed in the AFC, which, by the way, you know, only the top seed gets a buy and used to be the top two now because mm-hmm. it's an extra playoff team. Until otherwise, you better worry about the AFC East first. I think it's a mistake to not even really be concerned about it. Yeah, and you mentioned the defense, and to me, that's that's an I think that's an important point to stress on on the Patriots because what they had last last season, they had what three guys sit out because uh, they you know they they were like we're not playing COVID's too big a deal. And it was like, what, three starters off their defense? Just like, like not playing this year, forget it. And then the Patriots' defense was horrible. The Patriots were horrible last year. Like, they, they couldn't block, they couldn't defend, they couldn't do anything. And everybody was very eager to, to heap lots of dirt on the Patriots and thinking like, well, uh, you know, you know, Belichick's lost his quarterback. He's lost everything. Now he's done. Like, he's going to be out of, he's going to be out of football in a year. And it's like, well... Let's wait a second. <laughs> let's, wait, let's wait a second. So it gets those guys back on defense, and suddenly the defense is good again. Like weird. That's weird. They got they got three important guys back. That's funny. That's funny how the defense is good again. And you know they they get a quarterback that I assume Belichick loves in Jones. Like that's that's the guy he wanted. So okay, and yeah, like. But like that's still not a good team. Like I I know New England in the past has been good about like taking not necessarily spare parts, but like guys that like guys you wouldn't think of as, as top guys on a, on a, on a good team and putting them to work and making them that way. But man, oh man, I, I find it so hard to believe that, that the Patriots can be for real. I think where the Patriots could take advantage is where everybody's got a fatal flaw in the AFC. Everybody's I don't think they're as good as Buffalo, Joe. I don't know. That's not what I'm saying. Oh, no, no, I, no. I, I don't believe that either. But, well, like, I'm, I mean, they're half game out. Like, so what? Like, you know, like, the, the Bills are going to, they should, they should sweep the Jets and the Dolphins. Like, they've already swept the Dolphins, right? So, yep, so they got to sweep the Jets. twice. Yep. And so, like, I mean, they're, they're going to see him Sunday. So, I don't know. The, the one place where the Jets ever hulk up is at home. So, we'll see if, see if that happens again. Josh Johnson suddenly is, suddenly a god at quarterback so that's that's weird but um but i mean like you know they should beat the patriots they they should like they're that shouldn't be an issue but but if the line plays like that like every everybody i i I can't imagine what this place this by this place i mean buffalo is going to be like if you know after the first game of the patriots they lose the new england what the fatalisticness of everything is going to be here, or if it's going to be people being like, "We're supposed to be fourteen and two, we're going to win the Super Bowl," or if it's just going to be everybody being like, "This is why we don't believe in good things." I don't like, you know, football's bad. I hate football. I hate sport. Like, I want to know how people are going to take that from being like the presumptive number one team in the AFC to being, uh oh. <laughs> like to having like that big uh oh moment. I think the Jacksonville game is an is a big uh oh moment because it, it highlighted all the flaws that they have. But if you lose the New England again, if you lose one game, the first game in New England, which would be in Buffalo, by the way. Yeah, it, I don't expect that to happen again. I I right. think the Bills Neither are <clears throat> the Bills are a better football team than the New England Patriots on paper, certainly for sure. I've just my only point was you got to at least put 
New England in consideration at this time. Three, four weeks from now, we might be laughing at that statement because, again, the Bills do play them twice, and New England does have a tough schedule. New England's got to play the Browns. In fact, they played the Browns this week. I think the Browns are a good team. They're at Atlanta, who's been better. Um, mm-hmm. Tennessee, they got to play. They played the Bills twice. Like I said, they're at Indy. So the Bills play Indy and Atlanta, too, but both games are in Buffalo, whereas New England's on the road for both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, their schedule ends pretty soft, though. They got Jacksonville and Miami to end. The Bills, conversely, got Atlanta and the Jets at home. I expect the Bills to win the comp or division. I'm I'm not saying that. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying they deserve to be there. If the Bills this year, for the Bills to be anything more than say a 12 and five team that wins AFC East and loses in the first round of the playoffs, Josh Allen has to play at a level that he did last year, which is how he's doing this year. Could be debatable. I think mm-hmm. he's been good. I don't. I don't think the Jacksonville game, although he made some ugly, horrible turnovers. Again, I think he was pressing and playing hero ball because he knew the line wasn't going to block anybody. So mm-hmm. he pressed, all right? Which, again, the line is a problem. I think Josh Allen's a good quarterback. I think he's a great quarterback. Mm-hmm. But he's not been, and this annoys me too, the national media is still like the halfway point. They're talking about who, so who's been MVP this year, and they put out a bunch of graphics. And Josh Allen's like one of the five or six people pictured. Josh Allen is not a top five or six MVP player through the first half of the season. He's had mm-hmm. too many shitty moments. I mean, he mm-hmm. did not play well against Jacksonville. He didn't play well in either first half against Miami. He didn't play good against Pittsburgh. So, again, there's a lot of room for J- his stats mm-hmm. look the same. Like Joe from Queens put out the stats that they're identical. I don't give a shit. He's not been as good as he was last year. But I blame the offensive line, the majority of it, on the offensive line. Anyway, my point is the Bills' defense is great, but they ain't going nowhere beyond maybe winning the division unless Josh Allen plays at an MVP level. He's going to have to because this offensive line is just not good, Joe, and they're not going to yeah. get much better. Yeah, and just to to reiterate on New England, I don't want to I don't want to make it sound like I'm putting them down or building them up. I'm just saying if it's a buy or sell segment on on New England, I'm not buying. I'm Very not fair. selling, but I'm not buying. Like Very I'm fair. I'm sitting around waiting. I'm the guy waiting for the sale to happen before, you know, like trying to anticipate like when, when's the right time to make the move on them? Because I don't, because I refuse to buy on them, refuse. Cause I, I, I still don't believe they're very good, but I ain't selling on them because back of your mind, it's always a Belichick team. And you're always thinking like, uh Oh, uh Oh, the old, the old demons start coming back and you're just like, Oh man, not again. <laughs> That's the whole right. thing. It's, it's fair. And, and you look at their losses, New England this year. And, uh, they lost to the Saints, they lost to Tampa Bay, and they lost in overtime um, to Dallas. So they've played good teams, and they got good teams left to play. I, again, mm-hmm. advantage bills, but just let's not, uh, you can't discount them. As long as they're there with the record-wise, and we are at the halfway point, it's not like we're only three games into the season. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the Bills, look, <laughs> I was on, so last Saturday I was at Resurgence Brewery, um, and I, I did a show, one of the rumbling shows with Jay Spence and it was a panel. Um, a, co- a couple of the bills, mafia babes were on it. Nate Gary was on it, and they were talking about the Jacksonville game. Like it was a foregone conclusion. Nate, <laughs> my man, Nate, I got to call him out a little bit here. He didn't want to talk about that game. He goes, let's just talk about the next month after that with the bills. <laughs> and we found out, man, we found out any given Sunday is a legit thing. So I refuse to sit here. And by the way, Mike White is starting. He's back, so he's healthy. Oh, okay. and he's, he's playing for the Jets this week. I, I certainly don't think the Jets, the New Jersey Jets are going to beat the Bills. I don't think that. But <laughs> we saw with our own eyes last week, man. It could happen, all right? So, But let's assume they beat the Jets. To me, that stretch after that for the, 
the next month for the Bills is big. They got Indy at home. They're at the Saints Thanksgiving night. The Saints don't have a quarterback, but they still got they got a pretty talented team. Then they got the Colts, a team that I like more than what their record indicates in Buffalo. And, and then, of course, uh, the New England game, man. The New England game. So they got Indy, New Orleans, New, New England, which I believe is a Monday night game at home. It is. And yep. then they're at Tampa Bay. That's a tough stretch. They could be anyway after the Jets. Mm-hmm. Colts at Saints, um, New England at home, and at Tampa Bay. That's going to tell you a lot about this team, Let's which, see, again, yeah. I'm beating the drum to death because I'm going to keep beating this drum. Spencer Brown needs to get back. I'm not sure what's going on with Luciano, how long he's going to be out. But I think they can live with Eichbacher at left guard. I don't think John Feliciano is head and shoulders above Eichbacher. But they need Spencer Brown at right tackle because they need Darrell Williams at right guard. Something's mm-hmm. got to give there. The line has to be better. It's It's got to be better. Yeah, they they of all the teams that need the line to absolutely be good, I mean, every team needs that. The Bills really need that because if you give Allen just a couple more seconds, it gives it gives all the receivers a chance to get open because we've seen what happens when when he's got the time. Every like two three guys get open and it's they, that's how they roll. I've lost zero confidence in Josh Allen. Zero, less than zero confidence in Josh Allen. If you're one of those critics out there who are saying, "Well, he got his money and now he's regressing," you're a fucking idiot. No. It ain't got nothing to do with his contract. It ain't got nothing to do with. Uh, the receivers not being good, none of that bullshit. It starts and it ends. Give him some time. Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes, although this year has been a different story. He's I, I don't even know I don't what's know going what on I don't, this yeah. year. With the, some of these turnovers, these brain farts. He looks like 2018 or 2019 Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. Great plays and idiot turnovers. That's been Mahomes all year. But anyway, the Super Bowl last year, he didn't wasn't making those mistakes last year, but he had no choice but to run for his life and try to make things happen mm-hmm. in that Tampa Bay Super Bowl because – Nobody could block for him. That's yeah. what I'm starting to see with the Bills. And the, the, the Jacksonville wasn't even, dude, Jacksonville wasn't even bringing the house. They weren't even blitzing nope. that much. It was basically four guys. Occasionally, they bring one blitz, just beating man to man, just beating the hell out of the Bills. Offensive line like a drum, man, like a drum. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> You're still very much in the angry stage. I, that's for I, sure. I went, I went, I went from <laughs> You've depression. You've accepted nothing. I, I have not accepted anything I, I you know i have accepted something good segue to the break and then uh on the other side we're going to talk sabers i've accepted that the sabers are going to be pretty much what we all thought they were going to be going into the season i'm going to take a quick break i'm not telling you to hit that 30 second button but i'm not telling you not to on these ads but anyway quick break on the other side joe yurden and i are going to talk some sabers we're driven by the search for better But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, thanks for not hitting that 30-second button here to jump ahead of those ads. I hope you really enjoyed them. (laughs) I'm back with Joe Yerden. All right, seriously. (laughs) So the Buffalo State last week, it was... um, it all seemed to happen so fast, even though we knew it was coming forever. Jack Eichel got traded. Mm. That was on a Wednesday, right? We taped, yeah, it was a Wednesday or was it a Thursday? It was, was a Wednesday. Thursday. It was a Thursday morning. So it was, it's, th- it's, yeah. it was Thursday morning because we immediately did we, the emergency. We, we doubled up. Yes. We doubled up and then we taped casual Friday after that. That was kind of like, you really didn't have any time to reflect. It was kind of like on the fly thoughts. Um, I, I, we're not going to rehash all the details and stuff because we've done that a lot. I will say one observation before we talk Sabres here. Jack Eichel looks to me like in the interviews that I saw, which were obviously were conflicting, but just other videos of him arriving in Vegas and the treatment he got. It looks to me like he's had more smiles and more fun in like his first 72 hours of being in Vegas than he probably had in the first four or five years in -hmm. Buffalo combined, you know, and it's, and again, look, it's not to say that Jack didn't try hard to enjoy Buffalo as much as he can. And it's not like he didn't get back to the community and organizations and stuff like that because he did. Mm-hmm. It's just you could tell that the, the the weight has been lifted off his shoulders. Doesn't he look like the happiest guy in the face of this earth right now to you? Yeah. Um, and I think I think just like rolling into Vegas and all the sights that Vegas provides would be enough to be like, whoa, okay, this sure. is going to be different. Um, but I like I, I keep thinking of the video. I, I remember I, I shared it on Twitter of of him showing up at the hotel and like Vegas rolled out the corny Vegas red carpet for him with uh, the mascot and the guy in the night outfit and the drum line and, and the, the show, the, you know, the showgirl dancers and everything and doing all this stuff. And like, it's like kind of overwhelming Jack as he pulls up and J- I, the, the shot of Jack turning around going like, are they serious? Like he's like turning around looking behind him. He's like, wow, I, I cannot believe this. Like, yeah, man, different world, totally different world. And the fact that Jack, like, they got it, like, I didn't, you know, even though I, I knew it, but never realized it. He's like, I never f- lived any further west than Michigan before when he was at the, when he was at the, the U.S. program. And I was like, oh, yeah, like, that's, that's a big deal. That's a big change, too. Like, going out west and like, you're moving out west and then you're moving to Vegas. <laughs> like, and you've got a lot of money in the bank and you're an extremely talented hockey player and you're going in for neck surgery in a week. So it's like, Ooh, it's a lot. Like that's that's a lot to deal with. But man, oh man, they've they've gone ham and and trying to treat them like that's. I mean, that's what you do. Like that's what you do for players. Like especially somebody who you're you're immediately put, putting in your your top line with your other two great players. Like that's that's what you do for guys like that. But man, it's such a change. Like I can't imagine if like if like tomorrow I got a call from somebody in Vegas, being like we're offering you a full time job. Come out, you know, come out in a week. I'm like. Oh shit. Like, okay. <laughs> like that's, that's like uh, uh holy crap. I don't know how this is going to work. And then you get there and you're like, Oh yeah, this is going to work fine. This is, this <laughs> is fine. Like, you just get like, you immediately are just like, Oh, this is completely different. And this feels a lot more fun. Cool. Now when the, when the trade happened again, we kind of reacted on the fly and we were taping right then. Didn't really 
get a chance to even see much of the fan interaction and reaction. But mm. a week later, I would say predictably, and I don't want to speak for all fans because not the case with all fans, but by and large, anyway, on Facebook and Twitter, at least, and, and people that I've talked to, they're shitted. They shit on Jack on the way mm-hmm. out, which I mean, that doesn't surprise you. I don't. Th- I don't think it's right, and I disagree with it. I've said this many, many times. If you or I were Jack Eichel, I'd be fucking miserable too, man. I'd mm-hmm. be miserable as hell being in an organization and was never seemed committed to winning that just made horrible personnel decisions, and we don't need to rehash all them. Right. I would be miserable too, man, because I I'd be frustrated. I'm an elite player and I want to win. And you're not putting me in a position to win, not to mention the the injury and how it was handled. But mm-hmm. anyway, I, are you surprised at all that, or maybe you don't see what I see. Maybe you see it differently. I see, uh, by and large, again, a large majority of fans kind of shitting on him on his way out. Did you kind of feel like you saw the same? And, and what do you think of that? Yeah, I, I could see that coming. Like there was, you know, I mean, the whole thing dragged on so long that people were, you know, were already past it. They were already over it. And a lot of people have, you know, preemptively blamed Jack for everything that ailed the team. Like, you know, I was like, listen, you don't have to move any further than the owner's box to see like where, where all the faults, where all the faults lie with this. Like that's, that's as far as you need to go. But, um, but then a lot of people get like, well, everything's good with the bills. I don't understand. It's like, listen, things are handled very, very differently, very differently over down at Knox Plaza as compared to what, you know, OBD. So like, let's, let's stay away from that stuff. But like, I get it. Like people are, people are mad. Cause listen, the fans got told like, this was the guy that was going to turn it all around. You know, you know, they dumped a whole season to get either him or McDavid. And people were just like, well, they only did it for McDavid. It's like, no, they did it for one of the two. Like that was, the, that was the whole point. Like you don't dump a whole season just because you're taking a 20, because you want a 20% chance at one dude. Like you're doing it because you have a hundred percent chance of getting either of them. Like that was, that was the whole point. And you know, it, it didn't work and we know where the fault lies with that but jack's going to take the heat because he is the player he didn't score as much as mcdavid he didn't do as much as you know he didn't do all the things mcdavid did even though you know that's a it's a ridiculous comparison because literally nobody is connor mcdavid nobody nobody now, even sydney cross like sydney crosby now is as probably close to it as is now but like crosby's like what 33 34 yeah, which makes me feel ancient saying that. <laughs> like, it's like he can't be that old. Yeah, no, he, he is. Like, that's how old he is. But like, it's it's always been unfair from that standpoint. But like, I get it. I don't agree with it in any way. Like, I agree with it in zero way. But I understand it. Like, that's and that's kind of crappy for it to be that way. To to know that fans are going to be that way. And like, I know, like the first time he comes back to play here, people are going to be shitting on him. They're going to be booing. They're going to do all that stuff. And it's like. Okay, but like I hope not. You're right. It's gonna happen. Though. You're right. I know. You're right. I I really, I hope not, man. I don't know. I'm just uh, I'm Team Jack. I, I've always been Team Jack mm-hmm. in this whole mess. I really truly feel had they done a better job, had they not traded Ryan O'Reilly, or even beyond that, had they just made better personnel moves mm-hmm. over the last three four years, and this team was any sort of contender, I think Jack would have really embraced being here a, a, yeah. a lot more, man. And you know, it's just uh. It's sad to see. Now, on the ice, um, things were, you know, they started great. Five, mm-hmm. one and one in their first seven, but they've they've crashed to earth. And I don't know. Yep. I don't see. I know you're not going to be. I'm not going to bother asking you if you're surprised. I don't think many mm-hmm. Sabres fans are, are either, but they've left the ice losers in their, I think their last five. Now, four of those five yeah. are in regulation. So they've only mm-hmm. gotten, what, one point in their last five games out of a possible yep. 10. Uh, so uh, the shine is officially off this 
Cinderella start. But again, I mean, you're not really surprised, are you? No, no. I it was it was going to come at some point. Um, it was just a it's just a matter of when. It was fun though. Oh yeah, no, it was great. Like it's a fun ride for seven games. Sure. Like, yeah, <laughs> listen, I, I I tried to make it very clear to people right off the bat when this started. I was, I was like, enjoy it for what it is because this like it is what it is. Have fun with it. Like, just soak it in and just be like, hey, cool. Things are things are going good. I like it. That's fine. Uh, because the ride's gonna end at some point in the near future. And like, I felt like I was being a dickhead saying stuff like that. I was like. Listen, reality is going to come and slap you sooner than not. Would you rather hear it from reality or would you rather hear it from me? Would you like, you want to be caught off guard by it? And just, I can't believe this happened. Or just have it from for me and be like, be ready for this. Like it's, yeah. it's coming. It's going to happen. The goaltending is not going to play at a 945 rate <laughs> all season long. They're not going to score like, they're not going to score goals like, you know, out of the, out of the blue like that all the time. Like, it's just not you mean you mean way. Kyle Ocposo and Zegmas Gergeson aren't going to continue to <laughs> pump pucks in the net on a regular basis? I will crazy say this. Thought. Right. Crazy. Let's be fair though, Joe. Let's be fair to the fans. Let's be fair mm. to the optimists out there. They're 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 very thin on talent to begin with going into the mm-hmm. season, and you lose your Casey Middlestad, who's your number one center right off the bat. They've mm-hmm. been without Olafson for a while, who I think is probably their most established goal scorer. Mm-hmm. And then Yoki Aro's been gone. I think he got hurt at what opening night, right? Yeah, Wasn't it opening yeah. Night middle stat both got hurt. Yeah, night. opening night. I mean, so that's one half of their defensive pair last year. Anyway, that was their best mm-hmm. defensive pair, and him and Darlene. So, I mean, a team that's thin to begin with—that that's really that's a big ask. That uh, yeah, for this team to to, to overcome that man, it, it, it's tough. But here's what I want to do, and I've. Well, I've asked you to be a salesperson before. We're not, I'm not really asking <laughs> to be a salesperson right now. I'm asking to be an analyst, all right? Okay. Um, I was looking today, Thursday morning, again, before we started taping this, Lance Lazowski posts the Sabres lines. Like he does at every practice. Mm-hmm. And it was Thompson, Asplund, Skinner, Ekin, Ocposo, Gergensen, uh, Cousins with Inostraza, Straza and uh, Kags. And then it was Bjork, Rustelanian, and uh, Hayden. I'm like, ugh. But then I'm thinking in my mind, I'm like, all right, well, that's not good, obviously. <laughs> oh, defensive pairings, by the way. Darlene and Pesic, uh, Ryson and Miller, Butcher and Hag. I'm like, ugh. But then I started, I'm like, there's six guys that are not on that ice right now, today. And I'm thinking in my mind that sometime soon, if not at the latest next year, mm-hmm. they're going to be on this team. You got middle staff, which you already talked about. Mm-hmm. Tuck, which they got in the trade. Um, Olafson, who's hurt, he'll be back. And then you got Krebs, and you got mm-hmm. Quinn, and you got Paterka. That's six forwards. That's literally half your uh, half your four lines right there that are not mm-hmm. on the ice. That will be there sometime the next year. And then you got Owen Power and, and Samuelson. You know, who I would say next year probably are both going to be, in Samuelson's case, probably before that. But, you know, there's... Help is on the way. Would mm-hmm. you agree that I'm not asking you to be a salesperson? Yeah, 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 rah, 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 rah. Because you never know how it's going to work out. <laughs> but even as an analyst, would you got to agree? Like, if you want to be an optimist with the Sabres right now, I feel like legit help, at least potentially, anyway, certainly mm-hmm. is on its way, right? Yeah. No, I I look at the the start that both Quinn and Paterka have had in Rochester. And that's extremely encouraging. Sure. Like that's that's highly encouraging because Quinn's start is not expected, I, I think, on anybody's part. I mean, he, listen, he was, what, 18, 19 last year, forced to play in the AHL because the OHL, you know, shut down. 
for a year. And so he, you know, he got the chance to play here and he struggled. Like the AHL is an extremely difficult league. Like it's a rough and tumble league. It's an older league. And there's a lot of veteran know-how that you got to put up with. And like, if you're 18, 19 playing in that, man, that's freaking hard. That's a really sure. hard way to play. And we saw in the past with like, uh, with Alex Nylander, like he struggled terribly in Rochester and, the unfortunate part there was that the veteran group around him wasn't very supportive. I think that's much different this time around. Like he, they've got a very development oriented coaching staff there and the, the staff in general. I mean, you got Weber and you got Mike Pekka down there. Like those guys, you want to learn from those guys, you know, like, you know, Weber is the perfect guy for the defenseman to learn from. Pekka is a great guy for all the forwards to learn from. Like those, those are who, those are who you want to have down there, like to, to teach them. But, you add Krebs into that mix, and I'm very eager to see if if Seth Appert puts Krebs with with uh, Paterka and Quinn to see if they just load up one line and say, "All right, boys, get figure out the chemistry and let's let's roll." Um, I mean, he's still trying to figure out what he's gonna, you know, where where Krebs is gonna like totally fit in because they don't want to just throw it together immediately and just like force it to happen. You don't sure. want to do that. Um, but I'll be very anxious to see if that if when that happens and how it works together because that immediately makes me start thinking of the 0506 Sabres that came up after the lockout. The, the, the Amherst that year in 2004 were like probably one of the best Amherst teams in recent history uh, where they had Pominville, you had Vanek and you had Derek Roy and those guys like three, those three guys graduated up immediately and were instantly like top six guys like mm-hmm. with Briere and with Drury, like that immediately put you on notice like, Oh, right. We've got a lot of talent here. So I'm going to be really curious to see how that works. And you know what? People are going to want to see him in Buffalo. Don't, no, 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 no. Let him play in Rochester as much as humanly possible. <laughs> like, let him get it figured out. Same goes for Lukanen. Same goes for Ascari Loxon and uh, another defenseman down there. Like, eh, they're, they're kind of loaded up on defense right now. Like, at least guys that are going to hold down the spots now. Like, after the trade deadline, if you trade Robert Hag someplace or Will Butcher someplace, cool. Bring up Samuelson. Bring up bring up uh, Loxon and see what you got there. But, um but I, until then, I wouldn't touch a single guy in Rochester. A single, a single young guy in Rochester, I wouldn't move him up once. You would have Unless, Krebs, What about Krebs? Would you would you have a play in Rochester this whole season? Barring mm, injuries, maybe not all season. Maybe not all season for him because he does have some NHL experience already. Uh, he's already had time in the AHL. Like you should already have a good idea what he's about. But you got to get him acclimated. I get it. Get, you know, get him used to what what they want him to do with the team and all that. If he stays down there all year, that's not a loss as, as far as I'm concerned. Like if he's getting, if he's there playing with Paterka and Quinn and getting, you know, getting ice time with those guys and, you know, you know, bonding with them. Fine. That could be fine. a future. Like, that could be a future bubble. That could, line. Be, that could be a line literally. next season. Like yeah. uh, literally that could be your, that could be one of your lines next season, which cool. Like that's, that's, that's kind of what you're, you're kind of hoping to develop here. So. I yeah I I don't really want to see anybody any of the young guys from Rochester up here being forced up here like well they keep getting points we better put them in the NHL and like immediately throw them into a top six role and if they're not cutting it then like oh geez we well, don't know what's going on here let's put them with the third and fourth line let's see how that works like no 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 don't yeah. don't do don't do any of the, basically basically it's like it's 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 George on Seinfeld do the opposite of whatever you would have done before and have success. Like that's what the Sabres ha- mindset has to be. What would we have done in the past? We would have done this. Okay. Do the opposite of that. Don't <laughs> do anything that you would have done before because what you've done before has done nothing but fail and not work. So yeah. do the opposite. 
Let them work. You know, let those guys play in Rochester all year. Rochester fans will be excited. Like Rochester fans are, you think Sabres fans are pissy and grumpy. Holy shit. Say anything about the Amherst. You'll have a cavalcade of Amherst fans coming out of nowhere to be like, you don't know what you're talking about. And like, I love the passion, but like, Jesus. Oh my God, guys. Like chill out. Like you're a, the HL is a development league. Like, you, like some people think it's the NHL. I'm flirting with going to Rochester actually on Saturday that they play at home. No, and I'm yeah, actually go check it out, man. I, I, like, I'm considering going to, to to actually go check them out. But anyway, yeah. So that that does at least there's potential for promise in the future. There's a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. If you want to find some light, you could find it. Yeah. You know, if you're looking for reasons and motivation to keep yourself going, because mm-hmm. man, look, in one off season they fucking lose Sam. They, they they don't bring Allmark back. They just traded their franchise center. There's lots mm-hmm. of reasons to jump off this ship. If you want to stay on, you're looking for some light, you know, that's it. Now, mm-hmm. this present team, look, I'm not frustrated. I'm not angry. I'm unlike the Bills, you know, because my expectation was that they weren't going to be good. So I'm still, even though they're not winning, uh, I'm, I'm looking for bright spots. And I think I found two of them that I really like. And we talked about Donnelly last week. Nothing's really changed. So we'll skip over him for this week. But two guys I like is... Asplin, I think mm-hmm. he's one of those guys who there's nothing that like there's no one trait about him that just jumps off the chart, but he's getting an opportunity to skate on a prominent line and he's taking advantage of his opportunity. I like mm-hmm. that. He's got 10 points already. And then, you know, now granted, I don't watch every shift of every game. I, I admit that I've never tried to lie about it, but it seems to me like every time I'm watching Tate Thompson, it seems like he, he's playing well, like he's doing something good. You're If you want to say, forget about the future. I only care about right now. To me, those are two guys that are playing well and give you a lot of hope about right now. You agree? Yeah, no, I agree completely there. I, Asplund, I like to pat myself on the back when it comes to Asplund because when they made that trade to move up to get him, and that was the trade where they they sent Mark Pesek to Florida uh, and got Dmitry Kulikov, and uh, they moved up to, like, what, 32nd, 33rd to pick Asplund because they really wanted him. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, you know, the height of their Swedish, you know, they started really loving the Swedes and everything, but they moved up to get him. And I was like, this dude's going to be pretty good. And, you know, he did pretty good in Rochester. He was, all, you know, he's all right in Rochester. Um, and then he came up here like the last couple of years, people were just like, what the hell is this guy's deal? Like, he's not really, he's not really working out. It's not doing well. He's, you know, he's putting on the fourth line. He's doing all this stuff. Like, it's like, I don't know, man, like give him some other stuff to do other than just like here, uh, try to defend. Uh, okay, good luck. Like that was, that was kind of the directions they gave him. And it was, it made him kind of listless. Like they, they didn't decide whether he was a winger or center and he like kept going back and forth between the two. So you didn't know. So now last season, they kind of figured it out. And I think Granado figured it out. It wasn't, wasn't Ralph Kruger that figured it out. Let's, let's make that very clear. It was not Ralph that figured it out. It was definitely, it was definitely Granado that figured out how best to use him. And it's let him forecheck like crazy. Let him get up in everybody else's kitchen and let him hang around the net. Like that dude just everything he does is like around the net and net front does a ton of that stuff. And he's able to be really effective at it. And I've, I've been a big supporter of his for a while. And some of my, some of my other pals are, were not they very decidedly were not big supporters. Of his, and they were just like, you're crazy. I'm like, well, give him time. Like give him an opportunity. Like, let's see what he can actually do. He's doing pretty good. And you know what? A big part of that is Tage. Tage is, you know, Tage is his centerman, which holy crap, he's playing center. A, like he, he hadn't played center since, you know, you know, before the U.S. program going back before he was at UConn. So, I mean, it'd been a while and he's the way he plays center 
makes it so that it opens things up for guys like Olsson and Asplin to do to do other stuff because instead of being like a you know a dangler and trying to like fake guys out of their skates and and you know carry the puck and fool people with doing that he's doing straight line stuff he's just going he's driving the net you know lagging back his his wingers the wingers take it to the net and he's right there to hop on rebounds and do that stuff like that's just a, like that's it's it's such a it sounds so easy when you when you say playing center is kind of like that but like they've made it so they've simplified the game for him so much so that it makes sense and that he doesn't ha- he doesn't feel the need to have to like try to show off his skills with you know handling the puck and being a stick handler and all that it's like no dude you're 6 foot 5 drive the lane get in people's way and then you know ha- he's got the passing and the shooting ability to be able to score so it's he's taken advantage of that and it's really great to see because the potential's always been there and i think coaches and the, even the blues are guilty of this too they tried to make him a power forward in a build where he's what six five and he's still pretty skinny. Like he's strong, but like he's he's not like a bulky six five. Like he's not like you know a mow you down kind of six five. But he's a guy that had he's grown up being a skill guy his whole life, and then suddenly he was six foot five, and it's like oh crap, I've got all these skills to do these things, and now I'm now they're trying to make me a net front you know push people around guy, and it's like that's never been been what he's good at, so. They, again, this is where I give Granado the credit. Like he's he's looked at these guys and said, "Okay, listen, I'm going to play to your strengths instead of like here's the system, fit it or don't." You know, like that's that to me is what is Granado's biggest credit. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Wanted to make one more um, Buffalo Sabres point before we get wrap up with our weekly starting five draft, and that's Don Granato, the coach, and I think I think the Sabres are going to get it right, so I'm not saying they're going to get it wrong, but it's critical to me that no matter how bad things get record-wise over the next couple of years, they don't jump ship on Don Granato. I, I think they need some continuity with the head coach and the general manager, Kevin Adams, of course, because we just spent a lot of time talking about some of these kids on the come-up, you know, Krebs and, and Quinn and Baturka, and a lot of young guys on this team right now that are starting to Asplin and Thompson that are playing well under Granado. The last thing that we need is shuffling every two years with the coach and the GM. I mean, I think that's a big problem that happened with Jack and with Sam and with Ristolanian and, and Omar. And some of these guys are not here anymore, man. It's uh, I think it's really important that they stay the course. It feels like they have a plan. I mean, they just got rid of all the guys they wanted to get rid of, the guys that mm-hmm. want to be here they want, yada, yada, yada. Let's, again, they might, I think they're going to be competitive, but let's just say for whatever, they keep losing, the losses pile up this year, maybe even next year. Don't jump ship. Do you agree with that? Like, continuity right now, and sometimes I hate continuity. Like, when I think a team is ready to win and they're not, make changes. But this team's not ready to win, and let mm-hmm. let's make sure that they're not going to be impatient. Because that's the last thing these kids need is three coaches over the next six years. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. 
I think that was the most important part of doing a restart like this. Like you've, you've moved the guys out that have already been through all of that already. You know, I mean, Gergensen is still here. opposo has been kind of, but you know, those, they're veteran at this point. I, Gergensen's one, but you know, saber survivor, like he's, he's been here from the yeah, get go forever. Really. So, I mean, like, but like, he's a guy, like he's a plug and play guy. Like you can put him in anything and he goes, but like with the other guys though, that's necessary. And I, it makes me think of what Colorado did with, um, with Jared Bednar. Like they brought him in, uh, the year they brought him in was the year they finished with like 48 points. They ended up winning the, you know, win the lottery and they draft McKinnon and they stuck with them. And then suddenly they were great. And it was like, oh, well, yeah, okay. Like they had a bunch of other guys that they picked and stuff like, but they were nowhere near it. And they were just like, like, okay, let's just, let's just get going with it. And I think in Granado's case, like, yeah, there's no pressure. Like they're not supposed to be a playoff team. You want them to be competitive. You want them to be, you know, have some entertainment value done and done so far. Like that's what, that's what's important. And you have to instill what you want to be the values in the guys that, that they're going to be bringing up. So it, it, this is this is the most hands off as far as a coach approach I think this team is ever going to have because you know Adams be- you know, believes in Granado. Granado's a good dude. There's no reason to like to like press him like unless the team develops tons of bad habits, they end up you know they end up losing because of those things and then they just go you know they just go absolutely off the rails. Like there's no reason to change anything up. Like just get them back focused and then everything will be fine. They can lose the next seventy games their last 70 games, and I still don't want to see a new head coach next year. Yeah, I don't care if they lose 70 in a row right now. You know what, though? That would be a record. So that's that's impressive enough to just keep them around. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, one, one other thing, too, if you're a fan, and again, we spent a lot of time talking about some potential on this team. They're not playing well at right now, but they're still reasonably competitive, and there's yeah. some reasons to watch them. But even if you're not a Sabres fan, this is a good weekend to go to the arena tonight. Yeah. Connor McDavid's coming to visiting town. teams, yes. <laughs> that goal, by the way, that goal he scored last week. I didn't watch the game. I saw it on Twitter. I was like, holy shit, man. God, how <laughs> fortunes could have changed if a lottery ball just went a specific way? Would they Although, have, though? Because, yeah. like, Edmonton's done basically as much to surround him in talent as Buffalo has. It's just their point. He's just, you know, my, like, my point is, oh, my God, I'd love to watch. <laughs> I'd love to watch him 82 times a year. That's the, yeah. the point I was, I was trying to make there. But anyway, you go to the arena tonight if you're listening on Friday and Connor McDave is coming to town. And then tomorrow, Saturday, it's basically going to be a Toronto takeover. Not Maybe. the borders open. It's, eh, yeah, it's the it's borders cost open. 300 bucks for them to get back into the country, man. They don't give a shit, man. They, <laughs> they spend that much on beers. <laughs> it'll be a fun vibe for, for those who are there. It's Hopefully. always a fun vibe. When the, when the Sabres, I almost said the Bills. I do that at least once a week. When the Sabres and the Leafs play, it's usually a, a fun crowd. So it's a good time. It's a good weekend. You haven't been out to a game yet mm-hmm. to, to get to one. Um, speaking of, well, actually, there is no speaking of. Let's just jump right into the starting five. <laughs> Enough of fucking Sabres shit. <laughs> I was a little, waiting for you to say that. I'm a little salty. <laughs> I'm a little bit salty about last week. So we had um, Adam Sandler movies. Mm-hmm. And for the second time ever, second time ever, it was close. But for the second time in like three or four weeks, it was like, Almost a virtual tie. Yeah. Joe won 51 to 49. Let me recap. Um, Joe had Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison, Punch Drunk Love, Funny People, and Uncut Gems. The massively overrated Uncut Gems. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm saying that. I'm so bitter. Oh I took The Wedding Singer, The Water Boy, 51st States, 
Big Daddy and Mr. Deeds. It went 51-49. You won. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Thank you. I hope you're happy. <laughs> it was the closest Quality one. Quality one over the, it, than your, it, your pandering picks. It, it was our closest one since, again, a couple weeks ago, we had a virtual 50-50 tie when we did 80s musical acts, which I, that one was awesome. Um, I, I, I think it went how I, I thought it was going to go, to be honest with you. Um, you. You got a lot of praise. The top two picks... A lot of, you know, you were top heavy. Your roster was very top heavy. No, my Happy roster Gilmore. was very thorough. Happy my roster Gilmore, was, it was very thorough. Happy I don't Gilmore, know what you're talking about. It was. Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison, heavily praised. We saw a lot of comments where Joe got both the top two, and that got you a lot of votes. I think my strength was roster depth. I, th- I think my five was better than your five. I disagree I think your completely. starting two was better for that reason. When it, I, I thought I was going to pull it out, man. I did. I didn't. I'm glad you didn't because I would not be able to survive you gloating about it because I definitely had the superior five. <laughs> you Let's, you and your like, like I, I was more stunned by the number of people that were just like, I've never seen any of the movies that I picked. And I was like, what do you mean you've never seen any of the five that I picked? And they saw all the movies you picked. And I was like, how did you miss at least the first two? How do you miss those those two movies? I can understand missing the other three, but like if you miss Madison, Happy Gilmore. Yeah, then and you're you, not. And in you it. watch like Fifty First Dates and the Mister D. Like, yeah. what are you doing? Don't vote. Don't vote doing? in the poll. Don't offer a comment. Just get out of here, man. If you haven't seen Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison. It means you Just definitely take don't off. like Adam Sandler. I always have a vision for these, and obviously, my vision is quite often <laughs> wrong because I'm usually on the receiving end of ass whoopings. But this week, or last week, I should say, did go how I thought it was. I, I honestly, I, I punch drunk love and funny people and uncut gems. Those were ones that. I didn't think they were going to, you might think so. Oh, 51% of people did fair fairness to you. But I, I honestly, I thought you had a very top heavy roster and um, that's where the majority of your, of, of your praise came from. Let's just put it that way. I got praised for being strong one through five. You got praised for having the best two. I don't, I, I, I got some praise for that. I got more praise for being like, how did Pat pass on? How does Pat hate uncut gems? Was that was a big one. Because that, that legit movie. is the best movie out of all 10. No, out it's of all not. 10 that were picked. Yes, it is. Hell out of here. No, it way, is. Man. It absolutely. Dude, I had to go watch it. I had to watch it again just to, like, because because you're you're shit talking. It made me have to go watch it again. And I was like, did I miss something? And no, I didn't miss anything. Was Kevin like, Garnett any better in that than he was the first time I watched it? You couldn't pay me to watch that movie again. Oh, my God. <laughs> That was terrible, man. If you I if you hated it because it made you feel uncomfortable all throughout, I would understand that. Because the whole movie is uncomfortable beginning to end because you're just waiting for the, the floor to get pulled, like the rug to get pulled out and him to get swallowed by sharks. Nah. And yeah, like I would, I would, I would respect it. Just being flat out being like, no, it sucks. Like, come on, come on, <laughs> come on, man. Just get lost. All right. Well, we're venturing into a, a category this week. Now, there were a lot of Adam Sandler movies to choose from, and there were plenty that neither of us chose that people were talking about. That's nothing compared to what's going to happen mm-hmm. this week, I, I suspect strongly, because we're doing one of the most uh, broadest categories that you could possibly do. That's best rock bands. It doesn't really need an, a lot of explanation there. <laughs> we're drafting a starting five of bands that, whether you, we say best, you can describe it as favorite, whatever you want to, but five rock bands that probably will resonate with people the most, certainly five that resonate with us. Mm-hmm. So, um, I went, well, 
I did go first last week and I took yeah, a you controversial pick, you the it. wedding singer. I don't know. That's what I, cost I, you. I will say this. I will say this. I, I might have lost the poll because of, of my selection. However, it's one of those cases where I don't, I regret nothing. I would take See, the wedding singer again because that I makes, love that movie that much. That makes last week's poll perfect because neither of us will give an inch as to exactly. like, I, like, cause I, if I lost that, I would have been like, no, I don't care. Like that's, that's that. Those are the five that I stand by. And yeah, I know you, you feel the same way. So yeah, that's absolutely. Let's, we'll see if we feel that way who, again. Now, I, again, I Adam first, Sandler would be that to like, would, would get, uh, would get us all like punchy like that. Like Adam, <laughs> Adam of all the movies, Adam yeah. Sandler movies gets us all like, no, no. Of all, uh, of all the, uh, of all the categories and topics that we've done through the, <laughs> these months to, to get us going at each other. I never would have guessed it would have been Adam Sandler movies, but <laughs> here we are. Let's see what happens this week. So we got fave or best rock bands and uh, well, you're up first. Uh, can we just get this out of the way and say that this is a cat. This is a, this is a category we're doing where there are at least 20 number one picks easily, like at least 20, like, Holy cow. Uh, but I will start uh, with the Rolling Stones. Okay. Cause to me, that's, they're not now granted this is probably controversial they're not my most favorite band i do love the stones but like there's there's at least five others that are more my more favorite but like when you talk rock bands man people are just like yeah it's the stones like the stones are the ones that like seems to get everybody like kind of agree because there's a few others where it's kind of like eh, i don't like this i don't like that or i don't like them about blah, 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 whatever but the stones stones are always number one all right fair enough and a good pick obviously to me, there's two. I don't think there's a bad pick. That, 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 well, <laughs> we'll see. There we'll might see. be. And by the way, I should probably put this out there. Joe and I, well, we have a, some similar tastes in music, but generally speaking, I am more of a uh, pop, pop rock, cheesy, mainstream R&B type of yes. guy where Joe is much more into the rock scene. Like Joe can run off. If you wanted to, and we were doing just personal favorite bands and did not give a shit about a poll of what mm -hmm. people think, Joe could probably sit here and run off 50 bands that I've barely even heard of if I've heard of them <laughs> at all. So I'm not trying to pretend that my expertise in this category is as good as yours. I'm just trying to draft a better team with five picks here. Um, all right. So my first one here, I had one A and one B and Rolling Stones was one of the two. Obviously, it was mm -hmm. my one B. I, I guess the only controversy, if there even isn't, is are they considered a rock band? I think they are at that time anyway. That's the Beatles. Got to take the Beatles. Yeah. They're, no. To me, they're rock, rock and roll, whatever. They're, they're, they weren't like, uh, how do I say they that? Get, they get put into the pop category yeah. just because of like everything that they did when they first came out. But like, right. They're rock and roll, man. They're a rock yeah. band. So I don't need to explain the Beatles. The Beatles is one of my picks. And um, the next one, this is where it gets hard for me because again, Rolling Stones and, and the Beatles. So like if you were to tear, like I tear chicken wings, you know, I got a couple wings mm -hmm. and then they drop down to tier two and then tier three. To me, Rolling Stones and, and the Beatles are tier one. After that, I got a bunch on tier two. Um, I'm going to go with Queen. Okay. I, I like Queen a lot. To me, they are the best. Again, I'm not the, the most experienced. I'm not a rock guru, but they're the best <laughs> live band that I've ever seen. I love a ton of their music. To this day, even being a teenager, I still remember how they stole Live Aid. You know, it was, it was the mm. best set firing away. Freddie melted uh, everybody that. that absolutely. Um, yeah. So, you know, their longevity, their, their hits, just the, their music and how good they were live. I'm going to go with queen. So the Beatles yeah. and queen hard to, I, I, like I said, there's, there's at least 25, 20, 25, 50 
number one picks. These are all this. This is like a, a, a top. This is a starting five of number one picks. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I I feel like I almost sort of mailed this in. Maybe I could have been a little more specific with this. I could guarantee no. you. No matter, we're going to both have good teams. People are going to vote, and then we're going to get more interaction about ones that neither of us took. The uh, what this allowed me to do is just write in my next two picks because, um, and this is not to. I'm not knocking your picks in any way. Like it's zero way. Am I, am I knocking that? I could right. never, I can't knock bands that I have multiple CDs of theirs. Like I can't, it's, just, it's impossible. <laughs> yeah. Um, but my next two are the who and Led Zeppelin. Okay. Uh, the who, like I, I give, it's a, it's a very decided like British flavor with, with what we're doing here. But like, uh, but like the who, like were just so transformative mm-hmm. with what they did. Cause like they made it cool to like, just kind of like, kick your amps out, smash your guitars around, play some like really crushing sound of chords and things like that. Sound like almost like a metal band, but not like it's, nobody's really a metal band in the sixties. Um, right. And then Zeppelin, like Zeppelin gets knocked because of, you know, of lifting, you know, old blues songs and, and doing that. But like, did you listen to stuff they didn't lift? Like, holy shit, man. Like, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't know of another band that like, they had a group that each guy did something where you're just like, holy shit. Like John Bonham is a holy shit drummer. Jimmy Page is a holy shit guitarist. Robert Plant is like, listen to his voice for God's sake. And then John Paul Jones, like everybody's like, oh yeah, the bassist guy. He's like, no, he, listen to all the crazy musicianship that they would do in that band. That was probably John Paul Jones responsible for it. So like that's, yeah. Good picks. I have I- all their CDs and all of their all their stuff on vinyl. Like that's, that's, that's how insane I am about Zeppelin. Yeah. Fair enough. I'll, I'll say this. Um, and being completely honest here, I didn't have the who and my favorites. I wasn't a huge who fan, but again, much respect to them. Iconic rock band. Mm-hmm. Led Zeppelin was fourth. I was taking Led Zeppelin with one of my next picks. hundred mm-hmm. percent was taking Led Zeppelin. I love them. All right. So I'm up with two. This is where I might start to get in trouble for taking a band too early, but I really, again, I don't care. It's my favorite rock band of modern times. And by modern times, I'm going strictly by myself. Anything from the <laughs> 80s on to me is modern. Now, again, the early 80s, you're talking about almost 40 goddamn years ago. So they're not really modern in a younger people's eyes. But to me, they are. Van mm-hmm. Halen. Van Halen, American rock band. I absolutely love them. Obviously, the most, um, I would say, 1984 to this day is in my top five probably favorite wow. albums. Of, top of five, probably four. Wow. Yeah, I absolutely love that album from top to bottom. Um, yeah, I, I, I just, man. I love Van Halen, man. I just, I'm, a, I'm a see Van that's Halen that's not stand. the album I would have picked though. Like, I, if I was gonna pick one, I think the first one really, like, it blows everybody's hair back. Like, you get, you get eruption right off the hop, and you're just kind of like, oh, okay, these. These guys are doing something completely different. <laughs> well, they became more mainstream, I think, with 1984. And again, yeah. I, I'm very um, quick to admit, I, I even call myself mainstream Moran. Like, I, I like bands when they're, <laughs> when they're already popular. Like, I didn't grow with them. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I absolutely love Van Halen. I always have. Then the other one, this is where I'm starting to get hard. It's getting hard. Uh uh, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Uh, that's who I'm going to go with, man. I, I'm a big fan. I... Joe wants to laugh as, as I'm no. saying. <laughs> yes, you do. I could tell. You're, you're going off the board. Is what, I am going like, off I, the board. Like, I, I, like, again, I like Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Am I in my top 10? That's I don't know. Top five. 
They're in like, my top well, they're in four. your top five. That's they're right. They're in my top four. But like, are they even in my top 10? I don't know. Probably not. Well, the who weren't in my top 10, so we're even there. Where would Van Halen rank on, on yours? Is Van Halen a top 10 for you at least? Um, They might be in the top 10. Uh, yeah. But like, I knew you were going to pick Van Halen because every time we do a music thing, you're trying to find a way to squeeze Van Halen. You try to squeeze well, Van into it. Like I, I, I respect, like you know, listen, I respect that kind of hustle to be like, listen, can I put Van Halen in here someplace? I need if, to find a place to put Van Halen in. If here. we were listening, I'll tell you what, real quick before we get to your uh, last two here. So we got mm-hmm. the Rolling Stones, the Beatles, Queen, the the Who, Zeppelin, Tom Petty, and Van Halen. If we put on album, like say, if we put on on Pandora, any of those music stations, at some point, I'd I'd get kind of tired of hearing it. You put on Van Halen, you and I could sit here and drink beers for two hours interrupted. I would not once say, hey, you want to throw something else on? Mm-hmm. And I love these other bands. I, in fact, I directed a couple before Van Halen. But Van Halen's the one group where I'm not going to tell you once to change the channel and put on something else. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? Like, listen, I'm the same way. Until you get to the Sammy Hagar stuff, then I'm going to be like, all right. Okay. Fair enough. Like I'm strictly in the Van Halen part, not Van Hagar. Like that's I might I, I, as I'm looking at this poll, I'm realizing I might I might have just uh, conceded this. Whole, yeah. Well, whole you haven't heard well, my last two picks. Nah, I was so. gonna say, let's see what you do, man. Um, let, let's see what you do first. <laughs> you're in trouble. Uh, my next pick is gonna be Metallica. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're in big trouble. Um, I don't think I need to explain Metallica. No, honestly, like that's they made metal acceptable for mainstream radio and they're great because they're very polarizing, you know, not just because of the Napster stuff, but because like they're polarizing within their own fan base because everything like people just get pissed about. There's a lot of like people tell me like they hated the black album and I'm like, wait, what's your favorite album? They're like master of puppets. And okay. Then there's people who like only know them from the black album. Like, Oh man, I love that. I love load. That's really good. I was like, wow. Okay. It takes all kinds, I guess. But, but yeah, no, like, Metallica, like they're they're polarizing, but I think it's like the, for the most part, it's good polarizing. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. that's I think that's where they they kind of fall into the, with that. Um, and then my next one, I'm just like scrolling through my list here, and I feel I'm not confident enough to just punt on the last pick and pick whoever the frick I want. I, I think you feel, should be. I kind of feel that way, but like I don't know. I'm just like scrolling through my my iTunes right here. And I'm just like, okay, who I missed. Um, best bands. I gotta go. It's mm, tough. There's so yeah. many, there's so yeah, many. That's the thing. Like, I, I just want to get one to kind of like really hammer it home. Like just really just drive the point home that like, I think you might've done is, that already. I, maybe, maybe, I don't know. Listen, I, I know not to take anything too much for granted besides like, um, you know, it's an awful sound. Why did I make that sound? Uh, you know yeah. what? I'm going to do, I am going to go, no, are they, no. Best. If this was the NFL See, this, draft, your clock would be running out and then I'd no, have no, an opportunity you could, you to could take run a ahead. You could run ahead and make your last pick. <laughs> like I'm, fully going Vikings here and just being like, eh, you know, man, you know what? I'll go. Well, it might seem, no, you know what? Uh, let's go with Nirvana. Okay. You're that was, that was going to be my <laughs> original choice. 
And then I was like, well, maybe I could pick somebody else. And I was like, no, it's, it's Nirvana. Like Nirvana changed, changed the game. Yeah. Like they, they uh, killed, they, they, in one fell swoop, they changed the game to alternative being mainstream and then killed hair metal at the same time. I'm telling you right now, <laughs> you're right. And uh, I'm laughing. I love at hair metal. Right? Like that's I'm the worst at, part. I'm laughing at myself because I, I just know where this is going, man. This is looking like one of those, <laughs> this is looking like one of those 80 to 85% votes uh, for you. I will say this best rock their traditional rock band i've want the words leonard skinner to come out of my mouth but i'm just going to be honest with you oh, i man. don't like them that much man okay i don't like them Freebird's that much that good Freebird's it, it is it is um pink i want to say pink floyd but i just i, I don't I even know there are a couple of songs i love from pink floyd mm-hmm. um i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna fish for votes i'm gonna try to keep this close oh I also, by the way, I also wanted to say Journey. You know, I, I'm going to use I that love, to campaign against you right away. I love Journey. All right, I, I love Journey. Oh man, can't pick them. Um, and the other, the one I want to take, but it will it will get ridiculed and it will get blasted to the end of the earth. I want to take the Eagles, but you can make a case that this should be for a yacht rock draft to take the Eagles. Hmm. They are a rock band, but they're yeah. almost like you know, it's almost like too much easy rock yacht rock. Like I said, I think that would get hammered. I'm going to fist for votes and I'm going to take you two. I don't even like you two. <laughs> I'm be honest with you. Shameless. My, my only goal, <laughs> my only goal is to not get beat 85 to 15. Like I did. Uh, I think it was two weeks ago. You beat me 85 to 15. That was really yeah. embarrassing. Um, I had to hide my head in shame all week mm-hmm. and I, I don't want to do that again. So I, I feel like you two <laughs> with the fifth round pick will give me some votes. I never usually admit to fishing for votes, but I'm totally doing that. Now, <laughs> I, I, I will say this, though. In fairness, I, I've talked about this. I think I might have talked about this on the show. I like you 2 I respect you 2 They've been around forever. They've had many good albums. They've You could have them in best. I think you and I talked about this. Best rock groups of the 80s or 90s. You know what I mean? They span a couple decades. So it's not like I don't like them. I respect them. But they're not one of my five favorite. I'm just going to be honest with you, man. I'm just trying to keep this vote respectable. So you yeah. too. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I I think the middle of the draft killed you already. I do too. That's what I'm, I'm going back, right. and, and rounds three and four are going to be what's uh, what kills me. Let, let's rounds recap. Three and four seem to be your undoing. Like that middle part yeah. of the draft, you just like un, you unwind, and you're just like, uh, I go off the plot, and it's like, I think I, what happens is rounds one and two. I think I tend to pick ones that I know need to be there. Rounds three and four, I take too many liberties, and I start to think about myself personally <laughs> too much, and ultimately that that will, that's what hurts me. Then usually round five, I just throw the towel in. Although I didn't today with this pick. <laughs> let's recap. All right, so Joe took the Rolling Stones, the Who. Led Zeppelin, Metallica, Nirvana. What am I going to fucking pick apart? What can I possibly pick apart there? Jesus. God. All right, you I can. Took, I mean, you can try. I mean, uh, I, I can't. You I'm can try if gonna, you want to, but I'm not going to sound like an idiot any more than I already have for the last hour and 20 minutes. All right. So, and then I took the Beatles, Queen, Van Halen, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Oh, God. Instant regret there. And you too. I love you two as as a pick anyway, not necessarily as yeah. an actual well, fan. Like, see, I, I'm a huge Rush fan. Like, I'm one of the biggest Rush fans. But, like, I know the second that I, I say they're top five for me, like top five best rock band of all time, it's super polarizing because people are either right there with me saying, yeah, hell yeah, way to give them credit. Or they're like, 
I can't stand Getty Lee's voice. Screw that band. Like that's <laughs> that's how it always works because you're never really like kind of a passing fan of Rush. You're just kind of like, yeah, they're all right, I guess. Like, yeah, yeah, I can I can listen to them. Like, no, you're either you're either all in or you're not in at all. Like that just seems to be the way it works with them. So <laughs> I love them. Like they're if it was person. You know, now this is where if we did personal top five that they're absolutely in there but yeah um, uh, but yeah but for best rock bands like ever can't do it i took there's a couple that i wrote down real quick here that uh i wanted to throw out there neither of us picked their mention uh, guns and roses uh ccr clearance clearwater revival it's another good one fleetwood mac another one that i think would have got me ridiculed you know i should have I should have sold my soul to the devil in and talked to John Worrell before this and, and maybe got his <laughs> advice for some. Oh, see, then you would have been picking the replacements, you know, picks one through five, and then maybe the pretenders after that. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua, and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter, and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film, and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.